0: Welcome to the next edition of Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE radio network out of Atlanta, GA. Build, grow, and enjoy.com is the official website. Check out Build, Grow, and Enjoy each and every week online. So uh, Darlene Corbett is with us today. She joins us live here on BGE, and uh, you are a speaker, an author, a therapist, a podcaster. T- t- tell us how you got started doing all the things that you're doing, Darlene.
1: Okay, well, I started as a therapist. That's my foundation, okay. clinical social worker. Okay. I came from a family that listened to a lot of people. <laughs> and I see you now, video-wise, yeah. And I came from a family that my mother used to listen to people, her friends, my dad used to listen. And I also had a sister that's, uh, let's see, visually challenged, should we say. Yeah. And so I decided I wanted to help people. I love listening to people. I love helping people. And I want to be a therapist. I want to be a clinical social worker, which is really a, a I realized when I was in graduate school that I read an article that said, the older female child with some disabilities... The healing professions and that's what what brought me there and i've been doing that for over 30 years then i'm writing in my 50s speaking in my 50s podcasting when i was 60 <laughs> and that's what i'm doing
0: awesome awesome it is a great guest with us today darlene corbett is with us she is a, uh, just an amazing expert. You can get more information at DarleneCorbett.com. That's DarleneCorbett.com. So tell us about your, your latest project here, my friend.
1: Yes, yeah, so, you know, I, as I'm part of Stephanie, Stephanie's group called Safe Kids. And being a therapist in my whole background all these years, I've worked with people that have been victims of abuse way back since the 80s. No. And unfortunately, sadly, that has not gone away, nor probably ever will, because human beings are flawed as we know. And it's just more disturbing now than ever with so many ways for people to, that are predators, pedophiles, can access children. And when I was in the profession beginning in the 80s, I mean, there was kidnapping, there was in-home abuse, out of the home abuse. Now you have the Internet and the Internet's a wonderful tool, as we know, but where there's also great goodness also comes not so good things. And that is one of the ways where predators can look for children, you know, deceive. But they, they deceive adults, never mind kids. They can scam adults. So you have to be I think parents have to have eyes in the back of their head. And recently I read about that a young man that was about 10 years old. Well, no, maybe he was 12 or 13. The young woman was 10. He showed his picture, she showed hers, or vice versa. And in certain states, no matter who you are or what your age is, you can be charged as a pedophile or a predator in certain states, because they don't care if you become the recipient of that kind of pornography. They see you as a criminal. So there's a lot of things that parents don't know, unfortunately, and they truly have to have eyes in the back of their heads now, because there's so much ability to access children now
0: yes uh that is that is the one thing that i I hate about the internet and hate yes. about all the uh all the different things going on in the world around us Darlene Corbett is with us today DarleneCorbett.com dot com is the official website yes. and uh so how do you see abuse impacting development
1: yes, that's a really that's that is so profound because so many people don't recognize how powerful abuses and the earlier the more disturbing as people get older it can affect them all the days of their lives now i always say the best response is success overcoming this but developmentally if a child's being abused it often freezes them and a lot of things that you see the acting out behaviors the inability to progress the inability to really recognize what's safe and not safe That's how it impacts development. For people to say, oh, you can trust me, I'm never gonna hurt you. Well, for someone that's been in a loving, trusting environment, that's fine. For someone that has not, not the case. In fact, many years ago, I had seen this lovely individual, one of the many I've seen that was abused, and she went on to become a professional in the field. But she walked into an office of mine when I switched offices and she went, she looked around, she said, something's different in here. And it reminded her of the room that she had been abused in when she was growing up. That's how powerful it is. So her sense of safety, even though she felt safe with me, her whole sense of safety was impacted by that occurrence going on maybe several times. I always say to clients, once is too much, but it affects people in all kinds of ways developmentally.
0: It is Darlene Corbett. She's with us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE radio network out of Atlanta, GA. Get more information at buildgrowandenjoy.com. Our guest today, Darlene Corbett. You can get more information on her website at darlenecorbett.com. So what makes sexual abuse the most complicated of all the abuses, my friend?
1: Yes. Well that's physical abuse is physical and emotional emotional abuse is physical and emotional sexual abuse is physical emotional and sexual it's all abuses about power as we know misuse of power taking advantage of an innocent a voice often the voiceless if they're really really young but even with small voices the small people the little people Sexual abuse is really almost like going after the soul of someone. It's our essence, our sexuality, is our being, our, it's, it's, it's who we are within us, our, our sensuality. And when someone is sexually abused, it's attacking all three. And that is why it's so damaging. It's also very confusing. And so can physical abuse and emotional abuse be also. But sexual abuse often is... Within the evening or not, or within the secrecy of the darkness. So sometimes somebody will go to bed, they're being abused, they wake up and they're like nothing happened. Where physical abuse is disturbing as it is, there's wounds often or bruises or Fear around being abused, emotional abuse, the same thing. Sexual, you almost think you're losing your mind sometimes because you don't remember. Did I remember? Did that? Did I dream that? Did that really happen? And again, you wake up. People are reading the newspaper, eating their breakfast, and many, the whole family may know. Only maybe the perpetrator knows. It's often done under the conspiracy of silence, and that's why it's so, so, so damaging
0: it is darlene corbett she's with us today here on our big program coast to coast and border to border on iHeartRadio radio today also amfm 24 build grow and enjoy today darlenecorbett.com is the official website so why do children and eventually adults often blame themselves rather than the perpetrator talk to us about this darling
1: yes yeah, so what happens often is the perpetrator can have two roles sometimes the perpetrator it's the perpetrator. They're the most abusive. They can also be the most nurturing. So it's very confusing because sometimes the other, let's just say it's a parent. I don't want to blame parents because it could be a brother. It could be a sister. It could be a cousin. But sometimes the perpetrator is the most caring. And if it's, a, for example, a parental situation, the other parent may be more aloof. They may know what's going on. They may pretend it's not going on. And so they pull back. So the child has to trust the person that gives them the most love, but then... How can they totally trust them when they're the abuser? And sometimes, especially I'll say with all abuses, with sexual abuse, if there is some kind of sexual feeling, they blame themselves. They can't believe. They can't reconcile. and This would really go with all abuses, but they can't reconcile that this loving parent could be doing something so bad unless there's something wrong with them it has to be them there's something defective about them it's easier for them to see it that way because if they saw the person the person that they know is the only person that maybe love them loves them that much or gives them that much attention if they really believe they, they can't they can't accept that person would do that because then they're not lovable then there must be something even more wrong with them so they'd rather blame themselves see themselves as defective keep that person where they are and recognize it's them and that's why this is getting done to them
0: fantastic it is a great guest with us today darlene corbett is with us here on our big broadcaster on build grow and enjoy so what makes it difficult to confront the
1: perpetrator that is a and that's complicated so let me tell you I have people over the years, I don't, I I see less now. I see more of a general population, but over the years I used to run groups and people would say, I want to confront my perpetrator. And I would say, okay, because a lot of the literature in the 80s says confront, you'll heal. That's not necessarily true. The perpetrator may, they're going to deny it, which they often do. More more than not, they, they deny it. But guess who else may deny it? The spouse the other siblings, even if they're being abused, you may not just lose them, the, the perpetrator, you may lose the whole family. So I tell them, you have to think about why you're confronting. If you're confronting, recognizing what you can lose and, you're, you can, and you feel that that is worth it, that's fine. But if you are thinking that the other parent or the siblings involved are going to join you, you have to be very, very aware that that may not be the case. And so they are risking losing everybody, not always, but sometimes, and you don't always know. So then they not only have to face the fact that the perpetrator was abusive, but that the other parent and the siblings are going to join them. They don't want the family broken up. The tribe is powerful. They don't want that. And I've seen this in extended families, generational families. You also see that I've only seen once I saw a situation where somebody I saw her, Her spouse came from a family where the father abused one of the siblings, and all siblings confronted the mother and said, if you don't leave him, we're leaving you. And the mother wouldn't leave him, and they all left. So they joined together. So that is a rare occurrence, though. You usually do not see that. You see it more where they'll collude and keep the secret, and you are ousted often. Not always, but you have to be very aware that's a possibility. Darlene Corbett
0: with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on Build, Grow and Enjoy. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the uh, Safe Kids organization.
1: Stephanie and I met in California for something entirely different. We were both at a conference on getting a sponsorship, and we didn't get a sponsorship. I was doing mine for my book, and she was doing it for Safe Kids. We didn't get a sponsorship, but we met each other, and we really just developed a wonderful rapport, a wonderful relationship. I loved her book, Empowering Parenting. I read it. I talked about it. I, I put it out on my desk in my office when we didn't just have virtual and then she invited me on her show, talking about some of the changes that are occurring, some of the looseness of the laws, that really they, they're meant to protect, but they don't always protect children and they, they, they aren't. So we talked a lot about that and the importance of parents being very aware, talking to their kids. And her book, Empowering Parenting, is absolutely fabulous. I believe every parent and child, because there's a section for children and a section for the parents and or the caretakers, and so i really her and i really resonated in terms of believing the same thing the message she had i it resonated with me my belief resonated with her so that's how we became acquainted and that's how i got involved in her organization
0: awesome awesome so uh where where do you see uh you moving towards with uh with with different organizations some of the different projects that you have
1: well, you know, I, I write and I speak also, and I, one of the things I do speak about, not a lot these days, but is on the the issues of sexual abuse, the impact and how someone can be and how they heal. So I'd love to speak more about that. Also, I just want to, as a therapist, no matter what people's background is, I always say people, the past serves two purposes. One is how to, what do you learn from it? And two, savor those delicious memories. But there are some things, like I said, people can get frozen. So sometimes you have to revisit. It's like going back in a video, rewinding, but not to stay because it's over and to help you work through and go forward and, you know, capitulate forward. So I, as a therapist in general, whether you have a horrible abuse history or not, believe in the possibilities, believe we all have new chapters and believe that we can heal. We may have scar tissue, but we can heal from these kinds of wounds and I want to keep doing that until, you know, my last chapter and the end comes. And that's what I plan to continue doing. Awesome. Awesome.
0: So so tell us about your uh, your podcast that you do.
1: Yeah. So I've gotten a little behind. I, I usually do it. I try to do it weekly. Then I get to every other. And it's been about a month and I need to get back on there. And it's it's interesting you're asking me about that because something I have to talk about on there. But my podcast is called Tap Into the Power of You, a podcast for people 45 plus who wish to get unstuck. And the reason why I did it is because from 2000 to 2009, the suicide rate for Caucasian women, and I used that criteria because I didn't see this in the black, Asian, or Latino community. Caucasian women ages 44 to 64, the suicide rate increased by 60%, and the researchers were baffled. They could not decide one particular variable. They thought substance abuse, disappointment in life, financial ruin. And I would concur, but I want to add connection and purpose. And a lot of things Like when people have abuse histories, they're disconnected. And that's why all the more, whether you're abused or not, connection is vital for people going forward. And the next one I'm going to talk about is actually false memory. They're finding that memories, they, there's always been controversy about false memories around abuse victims can they be planted can they not and i you know i've never seen that i have seen people when they have had memories come forth and i you know i don't go looking for them that they have the they real but there's some there's some literature now attesting that's saying well it can be planted and it concerns me because you know maybe but for most abuse victims i don't see that to be the case
0: we have got a great guest with us today. Darlene, before we let you go, how do people get your podcast and get involved with what you're doing, my friend?
1: Yeah, so you can go to DarleneCorbit.com. That's my website, Unstuck. You can look read my book, Stop Depriving the World of You, which is everywhere. And my podcast is Tap into the Power of You. It's a you, you, you so phonetically you. And it can be found everywhere. Apple, Amazon, iHeart, all, all, everywhere. I can't, Deezer, Pandora, Oh, Spotify, Stitcher. Good stuff. <laughs> and that's Good how you can find me.
0: Well, uh, Darlene, this has definitely been a, a pleasure. Thank you for doing this, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful day, my friend.
1: Thank you so much, James. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Appreciate it. There she goes, Darlene Corbett. And you can get more information at DarleneCorbett.com. That wraps it up for this week's Build, Grow, and Enjoy. We will see you next time for more. Bill, <laughs> hand in yaw.